To be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure what scripture to tell you to turn to. We're going to be looking at a number of them today. Uh, the first one will be, and they'll be on the screen for you, uh, for us to look at. Um, before we get started today, I want to just make a quick little recognition and welcome. Jim, welcome home. We've been working on our vision, kind of our 2020 vision statement and kind of trying to come to grips and understanding just how powerful and accurate this growing together in grace and truth idea is um, and how if this becomes kind of the center focus for what we're trying to do over the next however long, that this is a good endeavor for us to do, how it will meet the needs of the world and kind of help us have a direction to move forward in. We've been kind of doing it word by word. We did the growing, then we did growing together and realized that our growth is really dependent there on a part of us being together, that we have one another as part of our growth with each other. And today we're just going to be covering the together part by itself and what it means to be, what it means to be together. Because there's this, there's, there's a difference in us all being here at the same time and us all being together. We can all be here at the same time and still not be together. And so what we need to talk about and think about today is when God says, when we're talking about together, what God intends and wants for us together. This is the psalm that we'll start off with, 133.1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And that, that's what it's striking at, right? That, that we're here at the same time, but we're also unified. And that's the kind of together that God wants for us. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of tell you, I actually have broken this sermon down because it's, it's Communion Sunday, and that usually takes a little extra time. There's 10 points in this sermon, so we're going to cover a part this week and part next week as we just look at the overwhelming evidence within Scripture that God desires us to be united that he wants us to be like-minded, that he wants us to have a singular focus, and that our unity is of utmost importance to him. And so one of the things I want to convince you of today and hope as we start this process over these next two weeks that we realize, and hopefully as we just kind of cover just a whole range of scriptures, that you'll become convinced by the weight of the scriptures, by the volume of the scriptures, that God wants us. To be unified but there's more than that he, he it, because he wants us to be unified because it's important to him but it's also important for him and it's that second idea that i really want us to start to think about is that that our unity is not just for us it makes our life pleasant and sometimes it might be difficult and we're going to look at what it costs us to to give god what he wants but that uh, one of the verses i'm going to really point out is that our unity is for for god it's what it is for his good or for the advancement of his kingdom now i want to tell you this um this for us for first baptist church is particularly important um i got finally got the quote from don or close to the quote from don denny uh the other night I, i wanted to quote him on this he said there's a round, he, he's kind of fought over it over time. And within our congregation, there's around 15, between 10 and 15 different church backgrounds represented in this one place. That we have people who are raised up in all kinds of different churches. 
And, and they come to this place, like all of us do, bringing our past, bringing our experiences, bringing what we grew up. Because what you grew up knowing was formative in your life. And so the way I like to say it is not quite as uh, pristine as Don says it. Uh, you know, the way I tell people is First Baptist Church is not a vanilla church. We're kind of rocky road. We got a little bit of everything and even some nuts in there. <laughs> you know, and, and we just look at who we are. Uh, it, it's a very special thing. But let's, let's be a little bit honest about who we are. That diversity in our backgrounds could be a source for disunity. You know, because we, we, we think different things. We have a range of theologies. We have a range of experiences. We have a, a range of all kind of things. Now, I personally think it's a great uh, blessing and a great strength of our church that we have that. But we have to negotiate that. I don't know if you've noticed. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. We have a diversity in worship styles. Maybe you haven't seen that. But, you know, we, we got people that are hand clappers, Right. We got some tambourine players, right? If you're not careful, we might have, you know, uh, Roger might bust out and un, uh, just praying just any time he feels like it. And, and, and the spirit moves him. And, and I think he's welcome to do that, you know. And then we got those people who do this. And then we got those people who do nothing. In personal reverence, they stand still. And quiet before the Lord. You know, we got hand raisers. We got a little bit of everything in this place. We are a diverse group. And it's a good thing. But we have to work on our unity. We have to strive for unity. And God wants us to be unified. And all that diversity and all that it could be can be a place where if we're not careful, we will become ununified. And it's not what God wants. And it is for him. And so I just really want us to look at ourselves, because if we're convinced of this, that, that it's important to God, that God wants us to be unified. If you can convince yourself this is what God wants, then the next question is always going to be, what will it take to give God what he wants? That's where we come in. If we sit here and say, this is what God, God wants us to be unified. This is his desire, the desire of our creator the want of our creator. This is what he finds important and what is good for him. Now, what are we going to have to do to give him that? And that's what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and this week, we're going to cover the first three, just some foundational ideas of what we're going to, to have to give, what we're going to need to be able to give God what he wants. And the first, so there's like 10 requirements for us to live in unity. And we'll be, and maybe that's why it's so difficult. Maybe the reason unity is such a difficult thing is it takes a lot to give God what he wants. i got ten different things that we are going to have to need, that we'll have to have or do to give God what he wants. You know, and, and just speaking of that, I think this, this should have been preached, you know, hundreds of years ago. Because I don't know if you noticed, the church of God, I don't think denominations was in God's great big plan. You know, I don't think all that brokenness and all these different things that have divided the church year after year after year is what God's plan. Now, the good news is, as we become, as Christianity becomes more unpopular in our world, I think those things that have divided us are going to become less important. 
And, and I see us heading back to where the church is much more unified. And the things that we have let divide us, the things that aren't uh, of the most importance, the things that aren't salvific based on salvation, they will become less and less because we're going to need each other more and more. And so as we struggle with the world disliking us more, it's going to bring about a greater unity among us. And that will ultimately please God. And so this is where we can start. First thing we need to be unified is presence. Is the presence. And what I mean by that is the presence of God. That, that God wants us. And, and for, us to, for us to be unified, we need something supernatural. We need something that's going to help us get over ourselves, help us get over our desires, our preferences, get over our, all the things that we think of. We're going to need a unifying presence. This is what Jesus prays for us in John the 17th chapter, the 22nd, 23rd verse. Listen to these words. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, his followers, that they may be one. Glory is noticed in the oneness of his followers, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them, you and me, and they may be perfected in unity. Now get this. So the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. That's what I'm talking about, that our unity is for God. That we're praying that we be perfected in unity so the world will know that God sent Jesus. So that the world may know you sent me. So that the world may know the truth of the gospel. He wants us to be unified so that the gospel will be told to the world. This is his plan. And it's through our unity, our single focusedness, our being able to overcome our diversity and say we are one in mind and spirit helps proclaim and move the gospel. And it also convinces the world that what? God loved them. That God loved them. That God sent Jesus because God loved them. You'll probably remember another verse from John earlier in his gospel, right? The third chapter, 16th verse. What's the gospel wrapped up in that one little verse? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. In 17, he's praying, I pray they'll be perfected in unity so that the world will know that God sent his son because he loved them. It's the reverse of John 3.16. It said backwards that you'll know they you sent me because you love them. And that our unity moves the gospel forward. That's why I say it's important to him, but it's for him. And just think about the motivation behind that. If we can get that wrapped around that, that this is for God. God wants us to be unified. It's important to him. It's for the gospel. So the world will know that God loves them. That's great motivation for us to be unified. Or it should be. We'll get to the other part of that in a second. The second thing we need is we need to recognize the need. Probably should be recognized the need. But we need all capital letters to be unified. That it's your personal need. 
my personal need. It's not just a recommendation. It's not just, you know, makes life pleasant. We need unity. We need one another. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 17 through 22. It says, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole, he- if the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they are all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body, unified. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Are necessary. That the eye cannot say, I don't need you. There's no one in this place who can say, I don't need the others in this place. That our unity is a need for us all. Not just a want. Not just a, a pleasantry. And that our unity is not based on some crazy idea of position and, and importance and all that kind of stuff. We need one another and we need to be together. We need it. It is like water and oxygen. You know, it is a need that we should recognize that I need these people. You know, we have this this kind of it gets kind of weird in church sometimes. We, you know, we kind of think and, and this whole passage is talking about, you know, the, there's important parts and there's not so important parts. Let me tell you, there are no unimportant parts. Not not in the body of Christ. You know, every I've often said this. Importance is always based on the need that's getting met. The importance of one position always depends on whose need is getting met. And what I mean by that. If there's a baby in the nursery with a dirty diaper. Who's the most important person in the church? Person changing the diaper, it ain't the preacher. Because it's that person's need that's getting met by that other person. And that makes that person in the other in the child's eyes the most important person in the church. And without that person, my need wouldn't get met. And it's a service done unto the Lord. Whatever it is, if it's changing a light bulb. If it's vacuuming the carpet, if it's lighting candles, if it's preparing communion, it's whatever need gets met that makes it important. And it's not about one being better than the other, that we all need desperately one another. And we need to be moving together in unity. And the third thing we're going to talk about today. So it is for God because God wants it. It's important to him. It advances the gospel. It helps people know that God loves them, that we actually need one another, that we are a requirement for one another, that otherwise we would be alone and we need each other. We need to recognize that. And the third thing about unity is effort. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, Oops, there we go. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, 
being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Being diligent to preserve the unity. That word diligent as defined by Strong's uh, dictionary is to hasten or to make haste to exert oneself to endeavor and to give diligence to hurry up and get it done hurry up and work hard on it is is really what that word means it's this idea that unity is not something that will just happen it is something we will have to put work into something we will have to endeavor to do you may remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about growing, this same kind of idea was mentioned then, that, that growth, spiritual growth, growing in the Lord, takes effort. <laughs> you have to work at that. And in the same way, unity has to be worked for. Over the next, next week, we're going to cover what some of those efforts we can put into. But just, I'm just going to give you the, the quick rundown list, and we'll talk more about them next week. But humility, forgiveness, acceptance, trust contentment selflessness and grace that those are things that we're gonna have to be diligent to work at we're going to work at being humble we're going to work at being forgiving we're going to work at giving grace we're going to work at accepting people that these are the things that we'll be called to work in if god's to get what god wants if god's to have the unity that he wants and if it's to advance the gospel then we'll have to make some serious efforts to grow and maintain what we have because you've probably heard the the great uh, that supposedly there's this hitler had this idea about conquering the world divide and conquer uh, a sentiment that i think was born straight out of the depths of hell because satan knows when he divides us we're as good as conquered and so that we must work hard for our unity and 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 hopefully this vision statement this idea of growing to grace Growing together in grace and truth can be at least a unifying thought. That, that this guides us and tells us this is where we're heading. This is where we're growing. This is what we want to be. Growing together in grace and truth. That we want more Jesus in us and we want to be more into Jesus. And this is where we're headed together as a body, as a unit. That it guides us and helps us be unified. But there's one other thing I'd like to talk about today. We'll cover those other things that we're going to put this effort into next week if we're to be unified. But I really want to go back to to this question. What is the base of our unity? I mean, we already talked about how diverse we are, the backgrounds we have. You know, we cover a, a fairly large range of ages, you know, all over the country people have lived all over the world in some places and what is this thing that brings us together what is our common union what do we have in common that unites us this is from ephesians 2 is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of christ is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Since there is one bread, we who are many are one body. 
For we all partake of the one bread. I thought it was appropriate today, kind of right here in the middle of this sermon of unity, to remind ourselves what unifies us. It is the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. This is what connects us. This is what makes us brothers and sisters. This is what makes us adopted children of God. It is a true statement that at the foot of the cross, everyone is equal. Everyone is unified. Sinners in need of a Savior in front of the cross. And so this is the thing that we start with. We, we thank God. We, we want to, to praise Him and, and, and bless Him and, and, and be thankful for His presence in our lives. But that presence in His life, in our lives, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit came at a, cross, came at a cost. And that's the cross. That's why we can say, we want your presence to help us be unified. We have a need for each other, but we had a greater need before that. We needed to be saved. We needed payment for a debt we could not pay. And that was at the cross. And we need to realize this is why it's so important that we work for this unity. Because Jesus loved us so much that he sent his only son, that God loved us, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die in our place. And so I want to invite you to take just a moment to prepare yourselves, to think about unity, to think about your common union. Think about what you're saying when you partake of communion today, that, that these are the people, these are the people you share communion with. These are the people you have a common union with. These people in this room today are the people that you're unified with, that you're part of one another. Because we take of this together.